All right, so Saturday night, right? Me and my friends hanging out. This is last Saturday, two, day, two days ago. It was me, Christine, Amber, Jason, Kenneth, and Mickey. And we're all just hanging out. And then somehow the conversation got to this point where it was like, everyone just started sharing embarrassing stories. Like they were just kind of coming clean. They're like, I'm just free for myself. I'm just gonna just give it all. Just like, guys, don't judge me. And it was really cool. Like everyone just kind of went around just sharing little stories that they'd gone through and they were like super embarrassed about at some point. But now they were just like, I'm just free. And then I told this story about myself and it was like, I don't like talking about this story because it is like, I do feel really bad about it. And I just like carried a lot of like guilt with it for ages, but I'll just share it with you now. And I was really young when I did this. So don't, yeah, don't. Um, um, okay, so a friend of mine was, this is in year seven, so I was like 12 years old. A friend of mine had not come to, <laughs> a friend of mine had not come to school for a few weeks and everyone started like thinking like, what's going on? Like, like, like is he sick? Is he, is he okay? And we started making up funny stories and then he ended up coming back to school and then he announced why he had not been at school and he said that he had diabetes. Now, I didn't know what diabetes was, right? So yeah, this is really bad. This is, this is the worst thing I've ever done, but I didn't, I didn't know. I thought diabetes was something along the lines of diarrhea. And so I thought he'd been out of school for weeks for a bad case of diarrhea. And so I made fun of him for having diabetes, right? And he was like really upset. And then everyone just absolutely hounded me. Like I got smashed by people. They were like, you are pathetic. Don't you get life threatening? Like you are, and I was just like, I was like, what the heck? Like legitimately, I promise you, I swear my heart was pure. I had no idea what diabetes was. I thought it was something funny and I really wish I knew, but I didn't know. And so what happened was my friends found out about that. They heard me saying it and then they just absolutely just like tore me apart. And I felt so disgusting and so crap. And I was like, I can never speak to this person ever again. I can never live with myself ever again. I just felt so disgusting, right? So I shared that story on Saturday night. I was just like, I'm just gonna get it off my chest. Let's get it out there. Like I'm, I'm free from it. Like I didn't mean to do it as an accident. But um, so no relate to that where it's just like you carry this, like you've done things in the past where it's like, even if you didn't really mean to do it, and you just feel this weight of just like, oh, I feel so crap right now. Anyone relate? Yeah. Everyone relate? Okay, that thing is called shame. And that's what I'm gonna talk about tonight. Shame ain't good. <laughs> shame is bad. Um, but that's what we do in our culture. What we do is we, we see someone do something that's like not PC, like not politically correct, like super offensive, and we just like tear them down. Like if anyone tries to speak up, speak their mind, if we disagree with them, we will, we will go after their kids. We will be like, you're pathetic because we'll like personally attack them. We'll attack like their job. Like that's what we do. We shame people because we're just like, I can't handle that you think that way or you live that way or you believe this or you believe that. I'm going to take you down. And I don't fully get why humans do that so ex extremely, but we do do it and it's bad. <laughs> it's like a weapon. We use shame as a weapon. Um, and actually, you know what? I, I think I do kind of know why we do that a little bit. I think we would genuinely hate to have that happen to us. And so when you try and shame someone or hurt someone, you're, you are genuinely, you're just going after them. You want them to feel pain. Do you know what I mean? You want them to hurt. You did something bad. I don't really care if you like say sorry and make it right. I'm going to hurt you right now. I'm going to... 
Yeah, exactly. You, you actually feel more justified in and of yourself. You actually feel like you're more okay because they are so much lower than you. So the lower you can make them feel, the better you feel about how you, how you see things. You're exactly right, Cathy, I agree. And when someone tries to attack you, often you'll try and defend yourself because if I get pushed down and then you stay up, I now feel not okay in comparison to you. So if I get attacked, I'm gonna say stuff about you in return so that you come down with me and at least then I'm not so, not so okay. <laughs> not so by myself. Like I'm not okay and I know that, but at least you're not okay too. <laughs> do, you know what I, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's shame. You don't feel okay so you drag someone else down. Anyway. Um, okay, yeah, so I wanna talk about shame tonight. I think, yeah, in the church, we give a lot of attention to Jesus removed and forgave my sins, but I don't think we often talk about, or at least we don't talk about enough, the fact that he has removed the effects of sin. Does that make sense? Because you can be totally forgiven, right? And then walk around with this huge burden of just like trying to please everyone all the time the rest of your life. And the church may not necessarily deal with that and address that, but you're in slavery if you walk around like that. You're in slavery to what people think. You're comparing yourself to what people think. How does the cross deal with that issue? That's what I'm concerned about. Because I'm calling that shame. And I reckon the cross definitely deals with that. And Jesus definitely wants to heal you of that crap. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so imagine like whenever this happens, we get to the kingdom of heaven and it's like in its fullness, like we walk in the gates. Like you're not going to just like, you're not going to carry the effects of what's happened to you in this life into that place, are you? Like no one imagines that. No one's, no one, no one's going to imagine that they're going to get to heaven and they're going to carry every piece of crap thing that happened to them and all the pain, all the heaviness, all the hurt with them, right? Like no one imagines that. Am I right? <laughs> no one's actually being like, I'm going to take that in with, me, in, in with me. But if that's true, does that mean that God's going to flip a switch and you're no, no longer going to feel that? Or is he actually going to find a way to go, that happened and I'm still going to heal you through that? Does that make sense? It's not just going to just fall off you one day. You're going to forget about it. No, I reckon you're going to have a huge awareness of exactly what happened on earth and your entire life on earth, but it won't drag you down anymore. And what I'm saying is that healing, I believe is available today that you can walk free from shame. You can lift your head high and you can walk bold and free today. But okay, this is my big idea for tonight. We need to let Jesus remove our shame. We need to let Jesus remove our shame. It's not just like, it's not just an automatic thing that's going to happen. Just like uh, faith when you apply it to anything, it doesn't just happen. You know what I mean? You don't just become a Christian. You go, I'm in for this. I'm down. Like I lay my life down. I believe this. I actually believe this. There's like, there's like an, a step you've got to take with this stuff. Otherwise, it's just going to drag you down forever. Um, <clears throat> okay. Okay. Now. You might not think you carry around much shame, but I'm betting there's a real chance you do. Because um, I know me and I've carried around heaps of it my whole life. Um, here's some ways I've seen us fall victim to shame, right? Okay, here's my list. Try and uh, spot yourself in this list. Fashion trends, okay? Fashion trends are, I'm afraid of not being seen uh, not in. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm afraid of people viewing me wearing clothing that's not considered fashionable. So we'll chuck hundreds, thousands of dollars every year into this thing so we can be in. 
<laughs> and I'm not saying fashion's bad, I'm not saying clothing's bad, I'm like go and get clothing and enjoy it, right? But to be scared and fearful of what others are thinking of you so that you go out and spend all this money to try and stay in all the time, it's like you're, you're, you're fearing being found out that you're not okay. And the clothing kind of covers that up. I can look like I'm actually doing all right, I'm doing okay because I'm dressing the part. <clears throat> Next one. I'm gonna hit a lot, so just prep yourselves. <laughs> okay, when we're alone at a party or a bus stop, I do this all the time and I just, yeah. <laughs> You're alone at a party or at a bus stop or somewhere, right? And what's the first thing you do? Flip out your phone. Scroll, 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 scroll. <laughs> because you don't wanna be seen as lonely and no one's talking to you. Does that make sense? And so at least if I flip out my phone, you might think I'm actually talking to someone and texting my friend right now. Even though I'm definitely not. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just scrolling through the same feed I just saw 30 minutes ago and there's been no updates, Devo. But you don't know that. But I can make you think you're thinking that <laughs> about me, right? Make you think I'm okay. Because right now I'm not feeling okay. I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling like I've not made it because people aren't paying attention to me. I feel insecure. All these cars are driving past while I'm at the bus stop. I don't want people to look in and think that I'm lonely and just weird and a loner. I'll flip out, flip out my phone. Scroll, scroll, scroll. <laughs> I don't know what we did before phones. We just sort of sat there being like, frick, I'm just alone. <laughs> Bring a book, there you go. Paper, yeah. And don't feel crap as I'm reading this stuff out. I'm literally reading this out because this is the stuff that's happened to me. That's how I know it's a thing. <laughs> All right. Okay, here's another one. Someone asks you how you're going with God and you go, yeah, good, really good. So, so good, good, thank you. You, good, very good. Any prayer points? No, you, no, I'm sweet. But actually on the inside, you're just like, um, I don't understand this, 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 or this about God, but I don't want to tell you about that because it's going to make you think that I'm not going good in my relationship with God. And I want to come across like I'm going good. I'm on fire. Like me and Jesus, we're like best friends. You know what I'm saying? because you wear shame, you don't want to feel rejected, and so you have this feeling of, I'm not okay, but you cover it up. That's the pattern. Okay, you rely on alcohol to be okay because you'd rather forget your issues than deal with them, which might mean coming face to face with not being okay. So alcohol is what it does. You, you get drunk or even just tipsy, right? And it just helps you take the edge off and forget about the stuff that's dragging you down. So what it does is it's just a temporary coping mechanism. You're, all the stuff's still there. All the problems are still there. All the issues in your heart are still there. But you've just pushed it away temporarily to feel free of them. You're actually, you're actually drinking to get free. But it's a cycle that never actually gets you free. But you think it does because it's temporary and it feels amazing when you do it, right? Because you're afraid that actual true freedom comes through a lot of change, a lot of transformation, a lot of hurt, and a lot of time spent and effort. And that's, it's way easier to just grab the bottle. Does that make sense? Okay. <clears throat> we constantly put on a show, especially in dating and relationships, to make yourself either seem better or hide the crazy. <laughs> because you're afraid they won't like you if they see the real you right? So in dating, like there's, everyone knows this, right? In dating, you totally just try and play the part of what you think that person wants you to be for a while. 
until they're deeply enough invested in you that you can slowly start to release a little bit of crazy here and there. Then, then you gauge their reaction on that and go, hang on, they're still with me. They're still not running away. I can release a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. And now they're still with me. Okay, good. I feel okay to release the crazy. But you could have just released the crazy up front. You know what I'm saying? If you're okay with yourself. <laughs> but we try and be someone that we think other people need us to be. Because we feel like if, I, if I'm myself, you're not going to like me. You're not going to appreciate me. And so we're just living with this facade, this, this mask on. <clears throat> okay. Uh, this is a bit of a taboo one. And I'm sorry if it hurts, but it's a thing. You get diagnosed with a disease or a mental health issue. And you start excusing yourself for not being at your full potential because of your disease. It's easier to blame the disease than face the idea that you might not be okay. Now, what I, what I mean by that is I'm not saying that people with mental disabilities or anything like that, they're, at, they're like using that as an excuse to just do whatever they want. But I've seen the label. You guys know what I mean by the label? The label of, oh, I am depressed. Oh, I am anxious. The label actually goes, hang on, the reason I'm feeling all these things isn't actually my fault. And it allows you to push it and put it onto the label. And then the, now the la- like the, you actually have a reason for not being okay because it's the label's fault, not me. Because the idea of coming face to face with, hang on, I'm not okay, is way too heavy, way too much. And the label allows you to sort of be in that in-between state, not okay, but okay with it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Rather than just facing it being like, hang on, I got issues and I got to get them sorted. Because the the shame makes you not want to face that, even though shame makes you feel that. Mm -hmm. that Yeah, absolutely. Oh, hey, Mon, by the way. Welcome back. Oh my gosh, yeah, cool. Like, for example, I'm a Libra and like Libras are indecisive. Yeah. So I've always said like, oh, I'm just indecisive because I'm a Libra. Yeah. And I just like, uh, like I think lots of people do that. Like, I'm just this way because that's my star sign. Yeah. And they excuse themselves for that. Because exactly. Like, okay, it says I'm that, so I'm going to allow myself to do that. Yeah. And it's like that, like giving yourself an excuse to be a certain way. Like, oh, I only interrupt people because I'm a Leo or something. Like, just yeah, like, exactly. It's, yeah, yeah the a label. Yeah. Or like take it to any extreme and say, I'm only this way because my parents treated me da 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 da. You know what I mean? The label of like, oh, I, got, I grew up in this kind of family or this kind of environment. And I'm not being insensitive to people that like that really does suck and really does hurt. But sometimes we use the label. You, you guys know what I'm saying, right? We use yeah, it to hide. Above what Jesus do. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Totally. Um, thank you for sharing that. That's really good. Um, yeah. Okay, does that make sense, guys? I just want you guys to understand what I'm saying there. Um, Okay, you always talk about business ideas or dreams or dream jobs, but you never actually make a plan to make them happen because you're afraid you might fail. So that's a shame too. You guys know people that always talk about business ideas and dreams and just like, I want to do this, I want to do this, but then they never actually like go, I'm doing this on this date. They never write it down going, this is my plan to get there. Because if you actually step out like that, it becomes real and physical and you're like, hang on, this is actually a thing that could happen in my life and it just freaks you out because the idea that you might fail, you might not get that, you might not be worthy, you're, not, you're just not good enough for that. That's shame too. Shame is just this feeling of I'm not okay. Just general just unworthiness. I just don't have value in myself. That's what shame makes you feel like. And like shame, uh, we'll talk about this in a second, but when, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, the first thing they did was they realized they were naked so they covered themselves with leaves and then they heard God uh, walking in the garden, so they ran. 
So that, the only reason you would run is because you knew you were in trouble, right? You knew something was not okay. But the second that God found them and, and, and started speaking to them, what did Adam do? Blame shifted. He knew he was not okay, but he couldn't handle the fact that he wasn't okay. It's this weird, messed up thing. It's like you are, but you aren't. And no matter, no matter what angle you come at it, you can't win. Because you feel crap, but you'll never take responsibility. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Okay, you post something on social media, I've talked about this before, and it doesn't quite get the engagement that you'd hoped, and you're now a bit devo. Um, <laughs> you're afraid that because people didn't, that you're afraid that people don't like you because they didn't like what you posted. Shame. Um, this, one is, this one's like huge, and it's kind of on topic with last week. You mess up sexually with someone, and suddenly you start dreading going to church, and eventually you stop going because you're afraid of being found out and you're living in this constant fear and guilt and it's just draining you. That's shame too. You're, ashamed, you just, you're ashamed of what you've done and you're ashamed you might get found out and made to, be, made to be felt like you're not at that place where you should be and where everyone else seems to be. Make sense? Lastly, okay, this is probably the biggest one and we'll speak about this at length later on. Um, Lastly, you catch your reflection somewhere and immediately you jump to negative conclusions about your appearance. You pick apart your body and you only focus on what you hate instead of being grateful for what you do have. We all do that. <laughs> I, I find that topic absolutely fascinating. You can, you can look at yourself in the mirror and the only thoughts that hit your head are negative. It's incredible. Like almost everyone does that. It's, it fascinates me. Do you know what I mean? No one's really grateful for what they've got. They just go, I'll change this, I'll change this, this part's too fat, this part's too skinny, this part's too whatever. And we just critique, 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 critique. <laughs> it's crazy. I'll speak about that more at the end because um, that's a big one. <sighs> and I know it just plagues a lot of us. Um, okay, can you guys see how big that problem is of shame, right? I built it up enough, right? Because um, like, even if Jesus destroyed my sin, how exactly does that help me with all those problems? Because you can be forgiven and experience all of those problems. You can be going to church and experiencing all of those problems. It doesn't help me. I want to know what actually helps me live free. I want, to live, I want to be myself and not care at all what other people think. And I'm telling you, shame is what's stopping you. Shame is what's stopping you. Because I literally, that whole party thing, like where you're, like, you're alone, no one's talking to you and you get out your phone. God, God taught me like a few, like a while back. He was like, why don't, when that happens, why don't you just stand there and just be okay with yourself? And I was like... Okay, that's kind of weird, but I'll do it. And then I, I found myself in a situation like that. I was like, I'm just going to stand here. Like, no one's looking at me. <laughs> like, no one cares. I'm okay. I'm okay with this right now. <laughs> I don't feel lonely. I'm, I know I'm not lonely. I have, I have Jesus. I have, you know what I mean? Like, I'm okay. I don't need to get out my phone and start scrolling through to feel like I'm secure again. You can actually talk to Jesus. If you there you go. If you don't mind me sharing. Um, oh, go for it. I actually had exactly that this afternoon. Oh, you serious? Because I, I, was, I was having a really intense conversation with someone and without either of us realising, people started leaving around the table and then suddenly he had to go pay the bill. So he quickly got up and said, okay, you'll be back. Um, I'll go pay the bill. And I suddenly look up and out of the two tables that are joined together, my table's completely empty yeah, and I'm yeah. sitting there at the yeah. end completely by myself because I didn't realize. Yeah. So at first I sit down and I'm fine. 
And then I start really feeling awkward yep. sitting yep. by myself. Yeah. And I'd, so I go, okay, Jesus, you're, you're it. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I started, and that I is so cool. I actually started mouthing what I was saying to him just so I looked preoccupied. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, and in the end, in the end, I moved his stuff down the table and I moved as well because I couldn't stay. Mm. I couldn't stay at the mm. table. So I had to. Yeah. It was a really awkward It's feeling. tough. There was this big, huge, round table for eight yeah. that was just full. Like literally what felt a minute ago mm. before we looked up was full of people and then everybody else had moved down to the other table and I went, that's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. That's crazy yes. that it happened today. Yes. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's a funny well, thing. Sorry. You said that was today. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. yeah. It's a funny thing. Like it yeah. it I feel like it um, it's not it's not an easy thing to just like get over either. You can't just be like oh I'm I'm sweet with it now. Like it takes a bit of time to like you know get used to it. But I reckon the more you pursue it, the more like you're okay with just being yourself and wearing whatever. And saying whatever and just being like i just this is just who i am it's a really cool place to be it's awesome i'm still growing in it but it's, it's a lot of fun even just growing in it um okay let me propose to you tonight that the gospel did as much to remove shame and all the effects of sin as it did to remove the transgressions against the law of god so when people say like you know jesus died on the cross he could figure this over sins that's what i was talking about you transgress the law of God and then Jesus wiped your record clear. So you are clear, you are clean, you are debt free, right? Okay, what I'm trying to say, all of that, that happened, as much as that happened for sin and transgressions and all that stuff, happens for shame too. Like I reckon God bore our shame, Jesus bore our shame on the cross. And then it even says that he, um, Hebrews 12, with a joy set before him, before the cross, he, he went ahead anyway, despising the shame. He didn't care that he looked like an idiot. He didn't care that he was like dying for people who were spitting on him. He didn't care that he was naked and all his friends had abandoned him. He didn't care. You know what I mean? He was free. Despising the shame, just going ahead anyway. That's what he wants you. For, like for you. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but it's just like how if we don't receive our forgiveness and the no condemnation of the gospel, right? So if we don't receive the fact that I've been forgiven on my sin, if you don't receive it by faith, it literally has no impact on your life. Like, there's a part on you here. You have to receive it. You have to receive that Jesus wants to heal your heart and make you free and just like no shame ever. You have to receive that. That's a thing that you've got to start walking in. You know what I mean? Not like in a pressure way, but just like him and you walking together. He wants to deal with these things. Like if any of those examples I read out that hit your heart, you're like, yeah, I do that. I basically did all of them, <laughs> just so you know. Um, if, if, if any of those touch your heart, that's something that Jesus wants to address in you. How cool is that? He wants to free you from that so you can just walk through life loving other people and being free. I reckon a huge reason we don't love other people is because we've got our own crap going on. We've got our own shame to deal with. It's like, I just can't deal with other people right now. It's just too much, it's too much, it's too much. He'll get you to a place where you've like, you're okay in yourself that you're just free to just love other people. And that's when you're like truly walking in freedom, I reckon. It's amazing. Um, Yes, my big idea, just again tonight, um, we need to let Jesus remove our shame. You need to, he's, he's like, he wants to cut it out of your heart. You need to let him do that. Awesome. All right, point number one for tonight. <clears throat> point number one, God made us naked. God made us naked. How weird is that? <laughs> huh? Bring it back. 
<laughs> what do you mean? Just like everyone get naked? That'd be weird. <laughs> okay, um, ignoring that comment, moving on. Um, do you guys find that interesting that God made Adam and Eve naked, but it wasn't naked? Does that make sense? There was no such thing as nakedness. There was just humanness. Yeah, like normalness. And okay, I thought about this yesterday. This blew my mind. We're made in the image of God, right? Yes. God's naked. <laughs> and I don't mean like, you know, he's got no clothes or whatever. But I, re- I reckon nakedness is like metaphor for like vulnerability and being seen. Being seen and being known. Because clothing covers you up, covers up your shame, right? That was, the, that was the invention of clothing. They grab fig leaves to cover up the shame, to cover up the fact that I'm not okay. But when you're naked and you're free, you're just like, I'm exposed. I don't really care. I'm free. Like, you know, when you're just like naked and you're just like, this is awesome. <laughs> Does anyone like understand what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's like a freeness in being naked. Like, it's amazing. Apparently when I was a, like a little kid, I would not wear clothes ever. <laughs> My parents would put them on, I'd just chuck them off and just run and be free. <laughs> I, it's super embarrassing to watch like family videos looking back, but... Nathan knew something back then. <laughs> he had a revelation of freedom that I don't even have now. <laughs> but um, how crazy is that? He created us fully exposed and fully vulnerable and fully okay with it. They weren't aware that they were fully exposed. They weren't aware that they were fully vulnerable. They were just naked and that was just how things were. That's how God is. Open. You can see him. He can see you. Face to face, intimate. Clothing covers you up. I'm not saying that's all ditch clothing. That's not what I'm saying. Don't worry about that. Um, but in heaven, I can be naked. Some like that. Um, all right, let's get going. Um, <coughs> yep, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Okay, so they had no idea that they were naked, right? And they had no idea that they weren't okay. So until nakedness was known, they didn't know about shame. They had no awareness of shame, right? And I saw this in this little kid once, it's freaking awesome. You know when little kids, they just, they just have no awareness that people could be judging them right now? They're literally free from that stuff that we deal with all the time. They just, they'll just say whatever, do whatever, and just run wherever, wearing whatever with, a, with whatever haircut. <laughs> like the silliest haircuts in the world, they don't care. They have no idea. I, didn't even aware, I wasn't even aware I had a hairstyle until I was like 12. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like obsessed over it. So stupid. I was way free out when I was a kid. You guys know what I'm saying? amazing um actually quick little revelation jesus told me on that a while ago he was like um you need to receive the kingdom like a child like how a child receives it right just like a childlike kind of faith right Mm -hmm. and he goes that's why i've called you to be a child even though you're an adult again so that you can actually find that freedom you once had when you were a child in me so you can actually have that childhood freedom again nath it's not gone it's not just that like you know back in the past forever you can have it again in me as an adult aware of it, but still free. I was like, yes, please. That would be really cool. <laughs> That's why he calls you a child. He doesn't call you an adult member of the family. He's like little children, little children. That's what he calls the church. Anyone view themselves as a little child? That's how God views you. How crazy is that? And when, you know, when Ben Juice gave his testimony here a few months ago and he read that, he read that thing out that God, that God uh, told him, the first little part of it was like, little child, listen to me. I was like, that is so, that's so God. Little child. <sighs> Love it. Truly free, like a child. Yeah, anyway, I saw this kid in uh, David Jones a few years ago. He was just 
going to town. He was just like, he heard the music in DJs and was just doing absolutely amazing dance moves. And I was like, this kid is so much freer than everyone else around him right now. Yeah, like totally. his parents would totally not break out to dance in the middle of DJs because they wanted to. They would hide that within themselves. Wow. <laughs> he didn't care. He didn't even, he didn't even have an, an idea that people might be watching him. He was truly free what people thought of him. He was just having fun. That's where God wants you to be, like that kid in David Jones a couple of years ago. Wow. <laughs> How cool is that? Okay. God saw a naked man and a naked woman, and he said that was very good. A naked man and a naked woman, that was very good, right? He didn't say it was very good once they covered themselves up, right? It was very good when they were naked. <clears throat> Except he didn't even see them as naked. You know what I mean? It would have just been so normal, just like you guys were saying before. Um, I have this friend from school. His name's Shane. Jess knows him. Um, he, a few years ago, he posted a, his, um, an update to his Facebook profile picture, and it was him completely naked in these, like, uh, you remember it, Jess? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nepal? Yeah, Nepal. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just, like, like, out, like, looking out over these amazing mountains, and he's just, like, taking his clothes off, and, like, you can just see his butt. He's just, like, like this, just, like, loving life. <laughs> And I, was, I spoke to him when he came back from Nepal. I was like, why did you do that? And he goes, it was the most natural, organic, because he's, he's not a Christian, but the most natural, organic, like incredible experience of my life. And I just had to get naked. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's weird. But like, <laughs> I, I kind of get that as well. Do you know what I mean? It made sense. He was just like, I just connected with, it was like he was connecting back with the roots of just like how God created us to be. Do you know what I mean? Like naked and free. Now, I'm talking a lot about nakedness, right? Because... Where there is nakedness, there is no shame. But where there's an awareness of you not being okay, that's where shame lives. Make sense? Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. The fact that God made us naked is proof that he wanted us to live free from shame, embarrassment, humiliation, and feeling not okay from the very beginning. That's why he made you naked. Live free. Live free. He said very, very little before sin entered the world. He was like, a man shall hold fast to his wife and the two will become one flesh, multiply, multiply, fill the earth. That was kind of it. The rest, they got to decide. When, when God brought the animals in, they got to decide the names. They were free. They had freedom, creative freedom. Who doesn't want creative freedom in this life? Everyone does. I want to be able to decide what I want to do. Well, that's good. That's how you were created to be. God wants to give you that choice. He respects you enough to give you that choice to walk free. Under him, of course, but walking free. Jesus. <clears throat> okay. God always wanted you to feel like you were enough and that you were okay. <laughs> How cool is that? You are enough. You are okay. How cool is that feeling when someone says that to you? You're enough as you are right now. You are okay. That was God's heart for you from the very beginning. Oh, it just blows me away. No more striving, no more competition with other people, no more being haunted by your past, no living out of how other people have treated you and truly, truly, truly living free from what other people think of you because you know in yourself that you're okay. That's how he created you. How cool is that? I'm not even aware that people might be watching me right, right now. Do you know what I mean? That's where he's calling you. I don't even, I don't even care. 
I just don't care. I'm just free. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, point number two. We hide in nakedness. <clears throat> we hide in nakedness. Um, flip your Bibles open if you got them. <clears throat> um, I realize I start almost every single sermon in Genesis. It's good. Beginning. Yeah, it is the beginning. <laughs> I just like saying his heart from the very beginning. That's what I really like. I think I don't know why I do it. I just love it. Um, yeah, Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 13. Um, actually, let's go verse 7 to 13. So this is like a bit of context. They've, God's given them one command in order to keep joy alive, in order to keep obedience alive, in order to keep respect alive. He literally gave them one command. If they can hold to that, they can demonstrate his, their respect to him, which is absolutely vital for their lives. One command, they break the command. They, eat, they take the fruit and they eat it. And then verse 7 says this, <clears throat> Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So that's what shame is going to make you do. You're going you're gonna to have an awareness that you're not all right, that you're not okay, that you don't, you don't measure up, that you're not enough, you're not good enough. And then what you do is, you will run. You'll run away from God too. You won't run to Him. Because you believe that He's viewing you as completely not okay and that you should be at a certain level that you're just not. Does that make sense? Anyone relate to that? I totally relate to that. Feeling like God hated me. Feeling like I'm nowhere near enough. I knew better at that time. But I was a Christian then. All these things that come into your head trying to keep you in shame, keep you in the darkness. You will run and you will hide. Do you notice that God is the one walking around trying to find them? Where are you, Adam? That's what he says. <laughs> where are you? Did he know where he was? Yeah. Why do you say it then? He's trying to engage with Adam. He's trying to engage with him. Where are you? Tell me where you are. What's going on? Talk to me. Probably the first time he walked away from him. Yeah, legit. For sure. And it's because of shame. They hid themselves. What a stupid thing to do. It's God. <laughs> Where are you going to run? Where are you going to go, Adam? <laughs> I made this garden. <laughs> He's hiding in the tree. It doesn't make sense. It's silly. Sin makes you dumb. Yeah. Well, I mean, sin makes you act irrationally, yeah. I reckon. Hiding from God, like uh, Jonah, gets on a ship and goes to a different land. Like, what? What was he trying to do? <laughs> God's like looking over this earth like it's like a little tiny dot and he's like trying to move from here to there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so silly. Shame just makes you act so silly. But how to defeat shame is vulnerability. You step out from the hiding place and go, here I am, God. I messed up really bad. Can you please help me? That's step one. But we're, I'm jumping out of myself. Um, <clears throat> another reason we hide is we are we are afraid that we might be exposed, that our, okayness, our not okayness that we're aware of in our hearts, we, don't, we really don't want other people to know about that. 
and you'll see this a lot on social media. Who posts an image of them crying themselves to sleep at night? Good night, guys. <laughs> Literally no one. Because you you don't you don't no one wants no one wants to legit. Anyone ever seen that post on social media? I've never seen that. It's always like on a beach, love and life. <laughs> I want you to think I'm okay. Even though I know I'm okay, I'm not okay. I want you to think I'm okay. As long as you think I'm okay, I'm kind of okay with not being okay. <laughs> A little bit, even though technically deep down I'm not okay. <laughs> so funny. Um, we're terrified that we might be exposed. Imagine if everyone, if, imagine if your thoughts that even were going through your head right now were just exposed on a big television screen right here. We are terrified of that. You know what I mean? Because we can keep it in here and we're kind of all right with that. But if they're exposed, if we're vulnerable, we freak out. And the reason we freak out is because we think we're going to be found out and then not loved. That's what we're afraid of. Found out, known, fully exposed, and then rejected. See, whereas God goes, I want to know you. I want to see you fully, ultimately, completely naked and intimate. I want, I want you to sh show me. I don't want to just know it. I want you to tell me. And then I will love you anyway. And that's when someone, a human being, can become themselves because they are fully known and fully loved. In that environment, human beings flourish. I am fully known and I am fully loved. Because if you're loved without being fully known, you'll be constantly in fear that someone's gonna find out your secret and then not love you. Make sense? But if you're known without loved, well then you're rejected. And that's every person's worst nightmare, rejection. <sighs> that's good stuff. Um, <clears throat> have you guys ever seen someone okay wait first of all shame has an awareness that you're not okay I've already said that but the self will still defend and justify itself almost no matter what there's this book I read a few years ago called um, actually a few months ago actually Curtis you brought it up How to Win Friends and Influence People the entire yeah it's a good book the entire actually if you haven't finished it I only read the first little bit um, I will um, it, was, it was a dollar on iTunes store, like, yes. Um, the entire intro of that book is talking about how ineffective criticizing people really is. And it's how almost everyone relates to issues. Criticize, blame, blame shift. It's not my fault, it's your fault, justifying themselves. It's like super ineffective. If, if people are criticized, they will defend themselves. It's not a way to get them to change. You need to encourage them, uplift them and say, hey, I think this way is gonna produce more life in you. Does that make sense? Because the self will always justify itself if it has any opportunity to do that. Don't accuse me, don't judge me. Some people don't come to church because they think they get, this, this, this is what's going to happen to them when they go to church. They're gonna, people are going to accuse them. No one wants to be in that environment. <laughs> I would hate that environment. <laughs> um, so if you're, you're accused of not being okay, if you're accused of doing something, if you're accused of not measuring up, even if you know you're not, you will still likely defend it to the death. That's what the human self without Jesus will do. It will defend it to death, even to the point of irrationality. It doesn't even make sense what you're saying anymore. You just don't want to be proven wrong. You don't have to say, hey, I had it wrong. Hey, I did this wrong. I said this wrong, so on and so forth. Have you guys ever seen someone who has issues and is actually very aware of them, but never apologizes or never says they're in the wrong? 
that person is stuck. They cannot change because of that mindset. It's keeping them in that mindset. <clears throat> and vulnerability is the answer there again. Um, or have you noticed, okay, this is funny. I, I really like this. Have you noticed that if you say something to someone in terms of either it's positive or negative, no matter what, they'll disagree? Mm. As an example, oh, you're such an amazing dancer. You did so good tonight. Well done. No, I'm not that good. Seriously, I'm really not that good. Like, you know, as my teachers, it was just, you know, the whole, the whole group was good. You know what I mean? Disagree with you, right? You suck at dancing. You are absolutely pathetic. I've never seen such crap dancing in my life. People are like, are you serious? Don't talk to me like that. It's not very nice. I think I did all right tonight. <laughs> no matter what, disagreement. <laughs> you can't receive it. <laughs> um, you can't win. Lol. Um, the self twists in and bends on itself. Right? Does that, does that make sense? So it's like you are totally aware that you're not enough. You're totally aware that you're not okay and you still won't admit to it in front of other people. <laughs> it's just weird. It's just crazy. <sighs> it hates itself while defending itself to the death. That's what I'm trying to say. See how twisted human beings have become? Everyone's like that. I, I, I am like that. I will defend myself to the death if I'm not like walking in Jesus. I will. Jazz. Can I just say something? Absolutely. Um, <coughs> I feel like in the Christian circle, there's that mindset of like, well, Jesus came and he wiped my sin away, so I can't admit that I'm actually struggling, otherwise I'm not a real Christian. Yep. And I um, just really felt like sharing that, because if people have that mindset, 100%. I know that like, I literally only stopped thinking that a few, maybe like two weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I actually can just admit that I'm not okay. Yeah. And I'm still like a Christian. I'm still like, yeah. oh my God, I don't have to be. It's amazing, like, hey. Yeah, and it just keeps you in that shame of all this stuff and like makes you more and more lonely and feel like you can't share it with anyone because then they're going to think you're not a Christian. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or you're not frothing, you're not walking yeah. with God, you're not reading your Bible enough, you're not, yeah. you know, putting into practice what you said, all that sort of stuff, right? Fully. I fully agree. Um, I think I actually personally, this is just my, my best understanding at the moment, that whole thing is breaking off this community at large, which is really cool to see. I've seen it break off so many people. People just owning up, being like, hey, I actually am really struggling right now. I need help. And people that I just never thought would be like, you know, can you help me? They're just doing it. It's so good. It's always the first step. You know what I mean? Just be honest and just say where you're at. If you're going great, be honest about that too. But if you're not, that's okay. Do you know people usually take years with this stuff? Years? Decades? We expect it to happen in months. Maybe even weeks. We talk like that. Oh, dude, all you gotta do is just believe and all you gotta do is just apply this and you'll be walking free in life. Oh, well, maybe. Probably not. <laughs> not from what I've seen. But if we can create a culture, a community where it's like we have patience and we sow seeds along the way, just like patiently week in, week out, week in, week out, and slowly just wait for the growth, God to grow it up, that's a good community. That's a strong, healthy community that's gonna produce fruit that will last. But if we're always like, fire, 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 Jesus, 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 right now, it's just like, I don't know about that. I don't know if people really, you know, thrive in that kind of community. I think it hurts a little bit. <laughs> you guys know what I'm saying? Um, anyway. Like you were saying also a couple of weeks ago, um, the continuity of the community is really important as well. Because 
as I look back in my life, I had periods of my life where I had a community, where I had people, and as slowly as they were soon developing to that point where you could actually share the real you, things would change, yeah. and the community would just dissolve. Yeah. And so I like so just from experience from my own life, if if another thing if one thing is to open up to people, but another one is to actually want to keep the community together, mm. because that that also helps people by coming close, by forming relationships, by learning about them, by being real yeah. with them. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah. I think a huge element of that is just time, just patience and perseverance. Mm. Um, like our culture absolutely hates those words. If you mention it to anyone, it's just like, hey, be patient. It's just like, no, don't tell me that. Like everything else in my life I get immediately. Like I expect next day shipping for every single thing I buy online, right? <laughs> you just do. And if, if it's like more than two days, you're just like, you're just angry. <laughs> that's our culture. That's our culture. I want that TV show right now, the whole thing, binge watch. You know, that's what we do. So when someone says patience, perseverance, it's just like, oh, I'll find another route, any other route. I'm not going that route. It's too much work. It's too hard. You, there's, no, there's no other way around it. Sometimes you have to knuckle down and go at something for a long time before you see any breakthrough. Even uh, life is built like that. Raising kids is like that. You, you raise them for over two decades and then you, you don't even necessarily see a lot of you know, breakthrough and, and maturity even into that like the, into the twenties, you know what I mean? Like you're not, you know what I mean? And even um, like, become, like building a healthy body takes a very long time, consistent effort where you don't see any results for a long time, but you just got to keep going and keep going and keep going. There's such power in that. I'm going to preach on that one point soon, but um, not right now. That was just for free. Um, <clears throat> okay. Now the world. Okay. So we're, okay. What I just said, we're super twisted in on ourselves, right? Just in the normal, without Jesus self. We have become, we have become incredibly twisted. We can't, we can't be okay and nor can we be not okay. We actually need help. Um, the world is very aware of this problem as well. Like, I'm not just saying this is just a Christian thing. The world is very aware of this. There's tons of self-help books. There's tons of like self-help gurus and like inspiring people out there trying to encourage. And it's, I think there's a lot of good stuff going out there. Like I really do. Um, and there's a big movement that I've seen in the world, which I really like, which is to be okay with who you are and accept yourself. Um, you guys obviously would have heard that just on the language of like pop culture and stuff like that. Um, I actually think it's an amazing thing. I reckon it's really, really cool. I don't think it's the full answer, but I think it's the start. Um, accepting yourself, accepting who you are and how you were created to be. This is like the world's answer for it, right? That's yeah. You guys know what I'm saying? Um, I personally support this as it is definitely the first step towards healing and transformation. So like I said before, step one is always be honest, always be vulnerable. Say where you're at, say what's going on, say what you think. Say, I only believe in God 10% of the time. Say it. I'm not judging you. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to know what you think. Don't say, oh, I believe in God, Jesus froth, yes, love, Jesus fire. Like, I know you don't mean that. <laughs> or at least it doesn't seem like you mean that because your life is, it looks like you need help. You know what I mean? <laughs> in the nicest way possible. Um, I think the world would say it's okay with not being okay. And this is where I think, you know, there's a greater answer than just like accept yourself. The world would say it's okay with not being okay. But I think God would take you a step further than that. I think he wants to <clears throat> rewire how you think 
about being okay with yourself. It's not just accepting you for yourself and going, that's it, I just accept, accept myself, love myself, done. No. Freedom comes when you rewire how you think, when, when God gives you his mindsets, his thoughts, his processes, the mind of Christ, and then you can actually learn what it looks like to be okay in his sight and then walk that out. Does that make sense? Kath? Um, I think when people have like this mindset of like, I don't want to like breathe life into it. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm saying like, I'm a sinner, like, because I think that like, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. And like, I'm not sad, like, Jesus, come back. Like, I'm not depressed. I, I'm not like, I don't have depression. Yeah. Because you want to put life on it. And yeah. And speak life over it. Yeah. People just yeah. don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk like about it, then you're like, oh, I'm gonna get depressed. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, and that stops the the freedom to be able to share exactly what you're what you're feeling. And I think there's truth to that, where it's like, I don't want to say, oh, I'm I am depressed. I'm feeling so depressed, and it's all you talk about, because like, it's probably a self fulfilling prophecy. Like, it's gonna happen because you're just breath basically breathing life into it. So that that's a good thing about it. But you're right, that's a bad thing about where it's like, oh, we just don't talk about anything negative ever. Well, it's like, well, then how do you deal with stuff? Like, I don't know how you would ever deal with anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, thanks for sharing that, it's good. Um, God wants to redefine how you think about beauty and self-worth and value. <clears throat> I think he wants to say that we are okay because he has declared us okay with him. But here's the question, right? How exactly does he do that? Because like all this stuff's like, you know, sounds good, Nath, but how do I do that? I'm not there right now. Take me there. Okay, glad you asked. Um, <laughs> point number three, God covers our shame. <clears throat> God covers our shame. All right, Genesis 3 again, but verse 21, just one verse. <clears throat> and the Lord God... Verse 21, and the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Now, I've mentioned this before one time, but I'll say it again. I'm pretty sure that's the first death in the entire Bible, which is crazy. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But yeah, whatever. Um, and yeah, possibly the first death in all the Bible in all creation, right? And God used it to cover the shame of his people. He used it to cover the shame of his people. It, it was him metaphorically declaring to us that we are okay in his sight while they were definitely in a place of not being okay. As in he was going to make them okay, he was going to do something that they were going to make them okay, but they knew and he knew and everyone knew they were not okay. That makes sense? He's leading to something, right? And he's prophetically declaring the death of his son that would cover and remove their shame entirely. So he kills these animals and because these animals died, he could take their skin and cover their shame. Because Jesus died, he could take Jesus' blood and cover their shame. He could take what Jesus died for and cover their shame. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. <laughs> How cool is that? The first death in the Bible is prophetic. I love it. Um, and also, you know what it shows? God shows us his value of us as he kills an animal so that we can live. He kills what he called good to clothe what he called very good. He shows that he values you above all other creation. Because he didn't kill the human to clothe the animal. That would just be insane. <laughs> he killed the animal to clothe the human. And it wasn't even so the human could live. It was so the human could live 
covering their shame. How crazy is that? Um, I love that. This is him saying to us that he doesn't want them to live in or feel shame while he's working to sort this mess out. Mm. He doesn't want to, he knows how destructive shame is on people's hearts. Mm. And he doesn't want you to live in that. He doesn't want, want you to feel that. He doesn't want you to walk that out. Now notice, he didn't keep them naked how he created them to be. He could have said, hey, take those fig leaves off. You, I created you naked. You're going to be naked. That's just going to solve this issue. He knew it wouldn't. He allowed them to be clothed. He allowed them to cover their shame, which is crazy. This wasn't just an issue that he's going to say, okay, go back to being okay with being naked. You know what I mean? Go back to just, you know, living free again. Just do that. It's, it, it, it can't be solved like that. This is an issue of the healing of the heart. That's why I call this sermon the healing of the heart because their hearts were cracked and broken. Their hearts needed to be healed. <clears throat> okay, so now you know the answer to Jesus, but um, doesn't make it, make it not epic. It's very epic. I'll prove to you why. Um, so God sent his son who was shamed and despised. You know, when, when uh, like the scriptures talks about Jesus like that, he was shamed and despised, cut off from people, you know, this is in like Isaiah kind of language, right? Shamed and despised on our behalf. He became the shame. He became the stuff, the, the heaviness, the not okay. He became not okay. So that we might be made okay again. Um, and he actually embodied and became our sin and shame on that cross. And then God crushed it. So there's just theology behind it, right? So 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him, that's Jesus. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So God made Jesus to become sin and then crushed it on the cross. Now, <clears throat> Jesus became our sin. He bore it in his body and God crushed it on the cross. Jesus on the cross is actually a big declaration to the world. Now listen to this, right? Jesus on the cross is a big declaration to the world. I think you're okay. I think you're doing all right. <laughs> I find a lot of value in you. I think you're amazing. I think there's hope for you yet. <laughs> I believe in you, <laughs> even if you don't. I think the cross is screaming that. The best is yet to come. <laughs> I love that sentence. Um, now, he's not ignoring or justifying the sin cheaply. But I think he's saying that he sees our value past the sin and the shame. God sees your not okayness and he pursues you anyway. And what we try and do is we try and shy away and go, oh, no, I'm not worthy, God. You can't do that too much for me. Like it's not, I don't feel like I can love you the same way that you love me. I can't give you back what you gave me. I just, I, I'm not worthy of that. Have you seen when people push away from being complimented? They can't stand it. Because they don't have a high view of themselves. I hate to say it, but that's true. Jesus said when he was washing his disciples' feet, if you don't let me wash your feet, like, the most, it's actually like washing someone's feet is like super, like, weird and intimate. Like, it's this really strange thing. You know what I mean? It's like when someone's washing your feet, you feel so uncomfortable. Because you're like, oh, I just don't know if I'm worth that much. <laughs> it's this like grinding feeling in your heart. Jesus goes, if you don't let me do that, you can't come into my kingdom. If you don't let me serve you, if you don't let me tell you your worth and your value, you can't come in. You can't. Your shame will block 
me from you. <clears throat> now, he says we're okay and we go, we're not worthy. And that's true. If you're talking about your own works to try and be okay, right? That's religion. Trying to work to be okay. <clears throat> but it's not true if you're talking about your own value. That's what God's saying. He's saying, I see your value and in that I say that you're okay and you are worthy because I see your value. you're a son, you are a daughter. Um, if you stay in that place of shame and not letting God love you, you will never be able to taste his goodness. Like you think you're justified in the shame, being like, but I'm not worthy. It's just, I can't do that. Like I just, I've done too much. I've gone too far. Well, if you stay there, that will keep you from him and his goodness, all of it. You have to let that go. The cross is an absolutely humongously loud scream in your face. It's okay. I see your value. You're beautiful. He won't force himself on you. <clears throat> and you need to be okay with him saying that you are okay and that you are enough. Now, Hebrews 12.2 says this, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. So I read that before. And is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. God knows how much shame will keep you away from him. So he despised it and he destroyed it so that you could actually now boldly approach him. Anyone ever seen someone like boldly approach them? <laughs> it's kind of a weird question, but... Like, as in like some, someone walking with like swag. That's how you can approach God. What's up, God? How you doing? <laughs> no one talks to God like that. Not that I've heard. <laughs> Confidently approach the, the throne of grace. That's what Hebrews 4 says. Confidently, boldly, when you need help. It's crazy. Um, there's no way that you'll ever approach him boldly. There's no way you'll ever be bold in yourself. You'll never have true, real confidence in yourself if you carry around shame. Shame is keeping you from being who you were created to be. There's no need to carry your shame around anymore because you've been fully exposed, your greatest fear, but yet still loved in the cross. Fully exposed. Everything about you, seen. God sees it. God saw it all. <laughs> fully exposed. And God didn't say it was a cheap thing. No, his son had to die for it. It was a big deal. But you were fully exposed and you're still fully okay. Like I said before, that's where human beings thrive and flourish. I'm not trying to impress anyone. I'm not trying to compare themselves. I'm not trying to earn your love. Just receiving it. Just being a kid in a family again. <laughs> so good. The cross really shows you how much God loves you. Oh, it's and amazing. If, and if he's going to let his own son die on the cross for it, then how much must he love you? And since we were created in his image, yeah. it is almost saying that the cross wasn't enough to actually think that we're not beautiful. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, when, I'm going to talk more about beauty in just a second, but you're exactly right, Kathy. Like if, you're, if you see the cross for what it is and you go, no, I'm still not beautiful because X, Y, Z. I've still got weight to lose. I've still got this to prove. I've still got, you know what I mean? <coughs> it's 
it's just ignoring the cross completely. It's ignoring your value. It's ignoring the love that God's shown for you. Um, okay. Anyone had this nightmare where you, um, you're standing in front of everyone naked? Has anyone ever had that dream? It's a pretty common dream. Like, it's like there's interpretations very out there and stuff. Okay, no one wants to admit it. I reckon you all have. Um, you have? Yeah, that's awesome. Be bold. Love it. I actually personally ha- haven't had it, but I feel like it's very common, like this, this dream of just like being naked and exposed on this stage or something like that. Um, that's, that's our worst fear, that we would be, that, that everyone would see us and find out who we are, like on the deep, dark, secret side, and we'd be exposed. But here's what we need to do, right? You need to actually embrace that dream. You actually need to embrace that and go, Embrace your weakness, embrace your failures and put on the new self that God's made for you in Christ. Like, admit, I'm not, I'm not enough, I'm not okay in and of myself. Admit that, Ex- expose your failures, bring them to the light and then go, God, help me put on the new self, like literally putting on clothing, right? And then walking like Jesus. Um, <clears throat> we need to walk around and be okay with ourselves even when we don't feel okay. And our standard for saying that that is, sorry, uh, <clears throat> that, that is your basis for removing shame because Jesus has treated you like you are enough, like you are okay. That's your basis for being okay in life and no longer striving, no longer trying to prove. Um, we need to give it over to, him, over to him and let our hearts be healed. And uh, this, is, this is where the world splits path with, I reckon, what God teaches, Right? They say, be okay with not being okay. That's as far as you'll take it, probably. But God says, embrace vulnerability, admit you're not okay and need help, and I will come and clothe you with my righteousness and declare you okay in my sight. See how it's a place of empowerment? You start with, God, I need help. Please help me. A humble heart, soft heart. He goes, okay, I'm all over that. (laughs) And he clothes you with righteousness so you can walk free from that crap and walk like Jesus. Um, he actually takes it a step further and he establishes your identity. He'll, you give him your shame, he gives you identity. That's a freaking good trade. That's never going to come around again. Like, jump on this offer, guys. Like, seriously. <laughs> limited time only. Um, okay. Actually, yeah, that's true. Limited time only. Um, point number four, how do we do this, right? So that's why I said before. How do we do it? It's all good, the theology, Nath. That's great. Thank you for that. How do we actually do it? Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some super practical advice on how exactly you should do this with the biggest topic of shame that I've probably ever seen in this culture. And that is body shame, body image issues, that sort of stuff, right? Um, let me hit you with some stats so you don't feel alone. Um, this issue absolutely ravishes the world and also the church and particularly with girls. Um, guys definitely struggle with it too. I know that. But... I think it runs deeper for girls. Um, Here's some stats. 91% of women are unhappy with their bodies. 80% of women say the images of women in the media make them feel insecure. 42% of girls, this is crazy, in years one, two, and three at school want to be thinner. Um, 81% of 10-year-olds are afraid of being fat. 53% of teenage girls are either on a diet or they think they should be on one. 30% 30% of girls um, have been teased about their weight 
25% of boys have been teased about their weight. 90% of 15 to 17 year old girls want to change at least one aspect of their appearance. 13% of girls aged 15 to 17 acknowledge they have an eating disorder. And that's just acknowledged, so there's probably a lot more. 40% of women would consider con cosmetic uh, surgery in the future. And 20% of men would. And the weight loss industry makes, like, I don't know if you guys have a framework for like numbers, $55 billion annually. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Thanks, Danny. I'm glad you knew what I'm talking about. I could have said anything, hey. $5,000 billion. All right. Whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, here's a question. What does God have to say about that stuff? Body image issues. Um, <clears throat> hmm, good answer. I mean, good question. Um, that's a good answer, too. Uh, <laughs> um, Okay, let me first preface this whole topic by saying that this answer is not an easy one. Like if it was easy, everyone, every girl would just go and do it, right? It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard work. You're gonna have to buckle down with your faith, with God, and go at this thing for a while, in my opinion. Something might just break off you and you just might be just like immediately just set free. Awesome. Probably not. I think we've been, guys and girls, in this culture trained to think beauty is physical. Beauty is physical. Beauty is physical. Girls want to be skinny. Guys want to be big. All that sort of stuff, right? You've been trained in that. Every single show teaches you that. All the actors on TV, they're all like stunning. <laughs> Apparently they make up like, like the ideal uh, body for girls and guys. 5% of people have that body. 95% <laughs> of people are left wondering how they can get there. That's crazy. Um, okay. Yep. This is going to be a battle. It's going to be a struggle. But the thing is, it's worth it. Do you know what you get as a reward at the end? Freedom. Freedom. And an awareness of your own beauty, which almost no one I've ever met actually has, to be honest with you. Not many people go, I am beautiful and really mean it from their heart. That's where God's going to lead you. Now, let me show you how. Um, <clears throat> okay. Flip your Bibles to 1 Peter. It's like super close to the end of the Bible. Chapter 3. So what I'm doing is here, I'm showing you how God deals with this one issue and in so doing, hopefully you'll understand how he deals with all issues of shame. Does that make sense, right? Yeah? 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 Cool. Sort of. Sort of. Okay, let's just see how we go. And if it does make sense, you can ask me a question. <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter 3, starting from verse 3. So the context of this is talking about husbands and wives and how they should conduct themselves and that sort of thing. Verse 3. Talking to girls. <clears throat> do not let your adorning, basically your beauty, do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which, is, which in God's sight is very precious. Okay. Okay, 
Now, my answer for this question of how do we actually do this is, is this, right? In that section, in that, in that scripture that I just read out, what God is asking you to do is redefine how you view beauty. There is no other way out of this, guys. This is the answer, I promise. <laughs> redefine how you view beauty. Your eyes, your flesh, your mind, your culture, and society at large view beauty mostly through the physical, through, the, through your body. That's what's considered beautiful. God goes, you can go down that route if you want, but I promise it's a dead-end crazy cycle that no one ever wins at. <laughs> he goes, if you want to experience true freedom and no actual beauty, then you need to redefine how you look at beauty and this is how you do it. Um, God is saying, redefine, your, redefine beauty to be that of a gentle and quiet spirit of the hidden inner person, which is in which is of great worth in God's sight. So, he's asking you to see yourself in the mirror. Next time you look in the mirror, see yourself through his eyes. So, you're going to look at yourself in the mirror, practically speaking. You're not going to like what you see, probably. You're going to start critiquing. Your mind's going to just jump there, right? Your mind will just do that. you got to go, hang on a second here. God told me this would happen. God told me not to let my adorning come from external... Uh, jewelry, clothing, hair, all this sort of stuff. He told me it would happen. So what am, I gonna, what am I gonna do? I'm choosing to enter into this place where I'm gonna let my beauty come from within. I'm choosing to say I am beautiful because of what God's doing in my heart. My inner person is beautiful in His sight. And you start preaching this to yourself out loud if you have to, but definitely in your mind. And you go at it and you work hard, and you pray, and you ask for help, and you say, God, help me get free. I'm sick of crying myself to sleep each night because I hate how I look. I'm sick of struggling in the gym. I'm sick of like going on diet after diet after diet. I am sick of it. Help me, God. This will be his answer. He's not, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a backup plan. This is his plan. Let your beauty be defined by the quiet, gentle spirit of the inner person, which is of great worth in his sight. Did he, did he say, which is of worth in his sight? He says, <coughs> which is in his sight, very precious. <laughs> some say great worth, some say very precious. Very precious. Now the challenge is, how do you get to a place where you go, I see that too, God. I see it. I see what you've done in me. That's so precious. So you're at, that's where you want to be, but right now you're not there. And so you take what I'm saying tonight, take this word and you apply faith to it. And you say, I believe this. I believe this. I am going to walk this path. And it might take a while, like I said, guys. But <laughs> it's totally worth it. I'm, I, honestly, I'm not there. Like, I still critique myself. I'm still like, oh yeah, all that sort of stuff that we do, right? But like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I love this verse because when I did the shave, this was like the verse that Oh, I baby. Remember. Yes. Yeah, like I actually put it, and it's like the video I made. Like this girl made a video for me. That's sick. If you want anything, she put it at the end. And I said this verse because it's like yes. so good. But like one thing that I find that's really practical is like if I thought, like whatever you're criticizing about yourself, whatever you find negative about yourself, like is to think if I saw this on someone else, would I think they were less beautiful? Because like, obviously doing the shape was really scary, but I was like, if I saw someone else that didn't have hair, would I think they were any less beautiful? Like, 
you know, you don't see a cancer patient and think you're less beautiful because you don't have hair. Yeah. So why would I do that to myself? Yeah. And like, just with lots of things like that. Yeah. Like, it was like silly. So like, <laughs> I got really sunburned because I've just come back from Mexico and like my chest is peeling and like, I could be like, oh, this is really ugly. Like, I'm going to cover it up. But I'm wow. like, why is there shame in that? Like, some wow. people have skin that's like that. It's not like... Yeah. So I was just like wearing something that you could like see it today and I was like, I'm not ashamed because if I saw someone else with this on their skin, I wouldn't be like, oh, you're ugly because no. you have bad skin. Like, yeah. So just thinking, you know, whatever it is you don't like, like if I saw that on someone else, I wouldn't be like, well, they're ugly because of that or they're less beautiful because of that. Yeah. So I think that's like something really practical to do. Totally. Like, that's what other people think about you. They don't see you the way that you see yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fully. Because we're like the reason why that's so cool is because we're way harder on ourselves and yeah, other people. Exactly. We're never going to critique other other people and go, "Oh, that's yeah. disgusting how you look today." No one does that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, except for maybe really horrible people. Yeah. <laughs> but like most people, they'll critique themselves to death, and they'll never take a compliment about mm -hmm. their, their appearance. They can never really receive it because we're just so harsh on ourselves. Mm -hmm. But it's because we, we've defined beauty to be this thing which we're chasing with all we've got, and we can never ever seem to get there. Like, even if you get there, your hair's on point, like, skin's looking great, like, you know, I don't know all the stuff that we do. Wearing like, gloves. sorry? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you, you've lost some weight, you're looking great, right? You'll still find someone to critique. I'm telling you, it is endless. The cycle goes on forever. And I'm not saying don't pursue that stuff. Go after a healthy body. You just don't put your beauty in that. Mm. Please don't put your beauty in that. Like, you're so much better than that. Like, you didn't get to choose your body. <laughs> you just got born with it. So how about you stop complaining about it and just get on with defining beauty how God sees it, how he always intended it to be seen. I think... So it's not even like you didn't choose your body. Like, you just got... It's like God designed that for you, so it's actually really beautiful how he... Yeah, you. exactly. Like, oh, That's a better way of saying like, it, actually. God you in that way. Like, you fearfully and wonderfully made you. Like, yeah. you're just stuck with that body. No, like, sure. What a blessing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you, and you can work on it. What a blessing. You can work on your body and improve it. That's so yeah. cool. But just don't get caught in that trap. Like, you'll carry so much shame forever. And, like, I don't see many people breaking away from that stuff, to be honest. I don't see many people. Like, I, I can't judge because it's obviously it's a hidden thing of the heart. But I don't see many people actually walking around really with the beauty that God says of them. Not many people. Can I add to that? Yeah, of course. Um, there's some people who are, like, kind of mutual friends or kind of... Um, Pets off them at some point, so I kind of know them vaguely, and they were quite into themselves. And now, even now, this is like three years later, I haven't seen in a while, but I just recently saw this stuff all over their face. Or he's, off, I think, he's a model now or something, but he is shredded to the max. Like you can't get any more shredded. But you still see his, his, um, his kind of his insecurities on his sleeve shred up. Like it, he hasn't, his heart hasn't changed or his way he sees himself, he still wants more and he can't get out of that trap. Yeah. And you could say he's like, he would look like God in yeah. a way. So, for sure. And it doesn't, actually, it doesn't actually ever end. Yeah. It just keeps going. Yeah. And that's the same as um, plastic surgery. The, the actual doctors say that they get the most beautiful, beautiful women coming into their mm. clinics and they don't see it because the problem's not really on the outside. The Exactly. And you can dress it up as much as you want, get as much plastic surgery as you want. It does not fix heart issues. <laughs> that's, that's, see how God goes there? He goes, I get that you've got physical issues. I get that. But I'm going to go to the heart and then we're going to work it from the inside out. Yeah. Sarah? Um, just something with that, like, just the whole like wearing makeup and everything. Oh, yeah. Like I could 
dress myself up heaps and feel like I'm trying to make myself look like attractive. But if I don't feel good about myself, if someone compliments me, the first thing I'm going to do is be like, oh, no. Like, yeah. But like if I don't wear makeup but I feel so good about myself, mm. someone could say to me, like, you look so good today. I'll be like, thanks. Yeah. Because like I feel so good about myself mm. even though I haven't done anything to myself. Yeah. Because I know that I'm beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Like it's totally from within. Yeah whether you can believe it. It's nothing yeah. to do with like how you make yourself look or anything. Yeah, for sure. That's so cool. That's can so I cool. Add, can I add on that? Yes, you can, Miss Jenny. It's kind of like, sometimes for people like, especially with people with disability also, like when you were mentioning before. Yeah. It's like some of my, some of my colleagues at work, it's like the first time I see them, I was like, hey, how you doing? You know, but it's just like, it's so embarrassing who they are. Mm. And it's like, when we when we tr- when I try my best to be nice, so like they always debate. I'm like, nah, I'm not nice enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm like, you're worth a thousand. You know, you're worth it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's and so sometimes good. it's like, it's like everyone's on the journey, right? It takes one step at a time, one day at a time. Yeah. But we often forget to take time out to actually step by step, day by day. Yeah. It's not about rushing, it's about taking, yeah. exactly what you said earlier, yeah. time out to realize who you really are mm. in value. You that's know? it. Come on. That's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah, I think sometimes we have this culture of like, hey, there's a Bible verse on this exact topic. Let, let me read that to you. Then you should be fixed from now on. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, maybe yeah. some crazy people will be fixed by that stuff straight away. Most of us go and take time to rewire our thinking transformed by the renewing of your mind right it's a I think it's a bit, a bit, bit, more, bit more of a process walking with it slowly just like you might take two steps forward this and three steps backwards at least you're trying mm-hmm. at least you're trying to get out of the, the rat race <laughs> do you know what I mean and, and all we're talking about right now is body image issues there's so many other issues that we deal with as well but I promise you it's the same thing it's like God said this about me and I'm gonna use that as my my grounds my foundation for this topic rather than how I feel, what I've experienced or what someone says about me. That makes sense? Awesome. Now I think just to go a tiny bit deeper, you actually need two things for this to work. And let's just keep it in, the, in this example for, for now. The first is you need the new definition of beauty, right? So you need to know what the word says. You need to know what God says about your issue with what you're going through with what you want healing in your heart for, right? You need to know what the new thing he says about you is. So. You need to understand, um, you need to value the hidden in a person over the external and the physical and you need the, you need the comprehension to go, I get that. So that's step one. Second step, and this is probably where we, we mostly fall short, is we need the faith to apply it. Because you can hear all this stuff that I'm saying. If you don't apply it, literally waste of time. It says in Hebrews chapter 4 that the Israelites in the desert had the exact same gospel preached to them as we do now. But because they did not apply it with faith, it was of no use to them. No use. It didn't say little use. No use to them. The good news of God. No, no use. You know why? Didn't combine it with faith. I can tell you that God says that you're beautiful from the inside out. But if you don't believe it, if you don't apply it, you just, you'll stay there. You will. And it's the same with every issue. Um, okay, okay. Oh yeah, I, I've actually personally experienced a little bit of this so far, like a little bit of fruit from this. Um, I, I feel like I've seen, okay, 
you guys know when you see someone you think is attractive, right? And you're like, oh, that person's really attractive. But then you never actually met them before. And then you actually go up and speak to them and you start speaking and you realize that their, mm-hmm. their character is like not that attractive. And then immediately it starts to like, oh, I actually don't view them as attractive <laughs> as I once viewed them. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm not trying to be completely shallow here. Obviously people are deeper than their physical appearance. But what I'm saying is that's actually a little bit more how God views the whole situation. Because it's actually the character, the person, the inner workings of the heart, that's what he finds is beautiful. So if you've experienced something like that, that, that's on the right track, even though it's obviously a negative kind of example. But you know what I mean? When you see someone who's just like, they are beautiful, as in they treat you so well and they're so selfless and they're so, put so much effort in with you, you'll start to see them as more attractive, I reckon. Because they're just beautiful people, you know what I mean? Um, Okay. Okay, this is what you need to do. Either you, you speak it out or you write it down or you just think it in your head. Something like this. God told me to view beauty this way and he views the hidden inner person when he looks at people. I feel unattractive right now, but I'm choosing to let his definition of beauty trump mine. So you don't say I'm not feeling it. Say what you're feeling. Say, say where, you, where you're at. Say I don't feel attractive. I still feel fat. I still feel this. I still feel that. But I'm choosing right now in this moment to let his, be- his definition of beauty wash over me as best that I know how. I am beautiful in his sight. I am beautiful in his sight. I am very precious in his sight. The gentle and quiet spirit he's working in me, it's so precious to him. So it's precious to me too. You start speaking like that, thinking like that. It, it, this whole thing will just drop off one day. It can't grab hold of you if you don't let it. <laughs> the thing is, we let it. That's why it's grabbed hold of us. <laughs> um, okay. Because if you don't fight for it, you will fall in line with the normal negative thoughts of this culture, of this world, of your flesh. You will fall in line because it's so much easier to fall in line with the normal negative thoughts, right? Than actually fight against it and choose positive and go with what God says. And, be, and you, otherwise you'll be trapped in this place of self-hatred your whole life. You'll, you'll live a whole life never once enjoying your own body and the gift God's given you. And finding yourself beautiful. I think every person deserves to be beautiful and find themselves beautiful. That's God's heart. Um, <clears throat> now, what this doesn't mean is, just on this topic of body image, it doesn't mean don't take care of yourself. It doesn't mean don't go to the gym. It doesn't mean don't eat healthy. It doesn't even mean don't apply makeup. Like, go apply makeup if you want. I, I think makeup's awesome. <laughs> I think going to the gym's awesome. I think being healthy is awesome. I think all that stuff is awesome. I think even if you're like, you're like specific about the body that you want, that's awesome. Go after it. But you know what I'm saying, right? Don't let that define you and that, let that be your beauty. And it's a, it's a tricky balance thing. I, I get that. It is hard to not, like to go after it hard, but to not let it be you. But there is a place where you can do that. Feel empowered to live healthy and achieve the body that you want without letting it like, whichever way it goes, bad or good, you're okay. Does that make sense? Because your beauty is just not in that stuff. So girls, like, honestly, feel free. Put makeup on or don't put makeup on. It's your decision. Like, it's completely up to you. I don't think this verse is saying don't ever put makeup on. That's religion. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? God's like, treasure your inner quiet spirit <laughs> and find that very precious and find beauty in that. Anyway, I think get the point. Um, okay, okay, okay. Um, 
Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna do something really practical right now. Last little thing. Um, I want you to guys to take one issue of shame. It might be about body image stuff if you want, or it can be anything that you know that you know that you are facing at the moment. And I want you to give it to him in this moment as we pray. Um, so just take a second and just think of the thing that you want to give to him. <clears throat> and then please close your eyes and I'm going to read out some scriptures over you guys. And just in this moment, as best that you know how, give it to him and say, God, I don't want this anymore. And I need your help to take it away from me. And just do the best that you can to mean it from your heart. And that's it. Step one complete. <laughs> You're on the journey. Um, let him heal your heart and set you free to be authentically yourself without being tied down by burdens and weights that you were never, ever meant to carry. Give him your burdens. Give him your weights. Give him the heaviness. Let him take it from you. It's not yours. You never, your shoulders were never designed to carry that bigger load. <clears throat> okay. Isaiah 50, verse 7. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. <clears throat> Psalm 34, 4 5. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Romans 10, 11. Everyone, believes in, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. See, guys, if, if the cross didn't deal with shame and didn't deal with the effects of shame, why is it saying all this stuff about shame? It did, did not just stop with the forgiveness of sins. It went further and said, I'm removing all effects, all traces of sin in your life, in your heart. Back to the garden. Back to how you created to be. Free, naked, little kid. Psalm 3, 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. The lifter of my head. The only reason God would ever have to lift your head up is because you're hanging it low. How crazy is that? The lifter of my head. He's lifting your head up. You want to hang it low? He wants to bring it up. You want to go, I'm not okay. I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm not this. I'm not that. He goes, yes, you are. Lift up your head. Chin up, son. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. 1 John 2.28 And now, little children, abide in Him. It means live in Him. So that when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from Him in shame at His coming. And last one, Hebrews 4.16 Let us then now, with confidence, with boldness, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. God wants you to draw close to him, to seek him with what you need, <coughs> boldly, with confidence. You can walk right up to him like a little boy who's the son of a king would walk up to his dad and say, dad, I need help. You can do that too. Let me just pray with you guys. Father, thank you so much for your freedom and your goodness. You are ridiculous, God. I'm sorry that we thought that you just didn't care about this stuff, but you totally do. 
Thank you that you just want to heal our hearts, Father. That you actually want to see us set free like any normal good father would want for their kids. To see them walk free and be truly authentically themselves, personally from their own hearts. Father, I pray that you would just help lift off the weights right now in this moment. Hidden shame, secret dark stuff that's in our hearts, God, just expose it with your light. And just a whisper to our hearts that we're okay. Even though you've seen the worst of us, we are okay. And we can live free and not carry around the secret stuff anymore, God. That we can just give it to you. Give up, give up our shame. Give up humiliation. Give up embarrassment. Give up this feeling of unworthiness and just go, we are worthy because you said so. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would help us to understand this and apply it to our lives and actually have strength to walk it out each day that we can be free and then go and give that freedom to other people and encourage them to find the same path that we've been on, God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray for any heaviness right now in people's hearts. This is weighing heavy, God. Just help them lift up in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Yay. <laughs> Any questions? I have a question. Yeah. I like, I felt like Hit me. That entire time I was like shaking. Whoa. And then like during, when you're reading them out, everyone's eyes are closed. I just like have this like peace. Whoa. And I, I can't like shake even if I want to. <laughs> like I just feel so like numb. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. Really that's good. awesome. I want some of that. <laughs> that's so cool. Anyone else feel anything just then as we were praying? I think God was literally just like delivering people to then just like lifting up heavy weights, heavy burdens that you've been carrying for too long. Anyone? Yeah? Yeah, I feel a little bit better. Awesome, um, man. Stoked. Um, yeah, I had some problems, you know, looking at the mirror or whatever, like you said. Yeah, man. Now I feel a bit better now. I have look myself differently. And, and That's sick, bro. That's so good. Stoked. <laughs> Anyone else? I felt freedom. Oh, awesome. I like freedom. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you never realize that self-hatred was such a big stronghold. Yeah. And it's you, like, Jay. From when I was like really, really, really young. Yeah. Kind of just saying. <sighs> it's no good. It's like I'm emotional. Though. No, that's okay. It's good. <laughs> Anyone else? I think it's just awesome because um, if, if we actually are all seeking to be free from shame, the world will see us mm -hmm. for not giving to shame. Yeah. And they'll see Jesus in that. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally do. If we do. all were to make an effort ourselves just for like giving everything to Jesus and just seeing him how we see, how he sees us. Yeah. And the world will see Jesus in us. Yeah. Imagine if like people walked into like a dance club and we were all just dancing in there. And we were all just dancing exactly how we wanted to dance because we didn't have shame. That would be so crazy. That'd be my dream, actually. <laughs> like just going nuts and just not caring because you're so free. Yes, more. I I do it at no lights, no like her because it's all dark and like no one can see you. It's so good. Um, yeah. Anyone else? Questions, comments, testimonies. Yeah. After what you just said, like, <laughs> like if we feel that about ourselves, then we're going to stop being part of the problem. 
for the people around us. Yeah. Like, yeah. if we honestly start saying, hey, that's not what beauty looks like, then, like, you know, if we do it long enough and hard enough, then the people around us, like, you know, we'll break down that mold, like yeah. you said, of yeah. what that beauty is supposed to look like. Yeah, totally. And we'll be able to, you know, like, hopefully one day not have a standard like that so that that'd be amazing yeah totally Mm -hmm. that's amazing yes please (laughs) awesome anyone else (laughs) cool thank you so much guys love you all bless you have an amazing week yes Um, i've been watching the dan moller school and he's really all for um, affirmations of what God does in your life yeah. and how you can talk that way to God about um, about yourself about things like about your identity Okay. and I've copied them I typed them out so if anybody I might like every time I read them I cringe because I find mistakes in it so if you don't <laughs> find mistakes Mm-hmm. I, I can um, print these sheets mm-hmm. out for cool, you cool. if you want something that you can say to yourself every single day yeah. out loud. Yeah. Um, just ask me and I can give you a copy of that. For sure, for sure. And they really work. It's really, yeah. really, really powerful stuff. Yeah, for sure. I Just on that topic, I've had experience with stuff like that where it has worked and I've had experience with stuff where it doesn't work. Like I've literally like printed out stuff and read it out before and it just didn't work. Because I just really wasn't believing what I was reading. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like it really yeah. is like there's no there's no like method to skip faith. It's like if I just say it enough times, I will believe. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. You do have to actually believe. You know what I mean? You do have to actually settle it in your heart. This is what I think. Do you know what I mean? But sometimes speaking it out and thinking it intentionally can actually help faith grow and rise. In my opinion. So yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Peace. Love you all. You all look tired. Go get some rest. It's amazing. We're thinking. We're thinking. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Thanks, guys. See you next week.